Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Hello, and welcome back to Successful Minds. I'm your host, Patty Baranowski-Schneider. Today, I'm joined by attorney Scott Royal-Smith, CEO of Royal Legal Solutions, an author, speaker, and host of the Real Estate Nerds podcast. So thank you for joining us, Scott. And tell us a little bit about yourself and your business. Sure. So thank you for having me here. Sure. And um, I'm an attorney, investor, and entrepreneur. I'm 38. And I actually started my very first business and bought my very first piece of real estate, actually, when I was in law school. Wow. I bought a transmission and auto repair shop for $10,000 in back taxes, and mm-hmm. then was able to rehab the business in the building and flip it to graduate from law school without debt. Wow. And uh, that's where I, I got started, was, um, was right then and there. And I was practicing as an attorney after I got out of law school, as you do. But um, I was making more money actually investing in real estate than I was being an attorney. So I actually left the law to just do real estate um, and grow that real estate business and uh, start uh, stacking up all my assets so I could do the the dream of financial freedom that everybody always talked about. Uh, But I found out is that there was a bunch of lies in that dream. And some of the (laughs) lies were that once you had the money come again, that you actually were totally free. It wasn't true. You just were free of the money, but you also needed to think about all these things like asset protection, estate planning, tax, and all the time that goes into all of that, into managing wealth. And that's where I started my, I started a company to really just help myself to be able to make sure things were run right, right, managed appropriately, but also give me the time freedom so I could go climb Mount Kilimanjaro and travel nice. and do all those things. And and now that's what my company has grown into is just helping people um, like investors and entrepreneurs and that um, want to you know piggyback off of the stuff that I built for myself. That's awesome. I know there's so much behind the scenes that people don't realize gets, you know, you, you like I always love when people say, you know, if you start your company, what did what happened that you didn't expect? And it's like, where do we even begin? You know, when you're an employee, you don't realize half of this stuff. But once you venture out into your dreams, there's a lot of things. So having someone who's gone, you know, as I always say, been there, done that um, to help guide them is like super key. It's also really nice to be able to I find in life that the way that I accelerate the fastest is to find people that already have what I want. And then what I do is I just copy exactly what they did mm-hmm. because they already wasted all of the money and they mm-hmm. already wasted all the time and they already have all of the scars of what are all the different things to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just copy exactly what they do. And then once I mastered exactly what they're doing, then I'll try to see like, well, is there something here that I can possibly mm-hmm. do to, to make it better? Make it but, your own, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I mean, they've obviously done it. So, you know, if it ain't broken, don't fix it, you know, <laughs> learn from them and work from there. Yeah, nice. <laughs> yeah, but it's really important to find the people, though, that have exactly what you want. Yeah. Right. Sometimes we find people that have something that we want, like we think like, oh, well, this person, you know, oh, they they have money. Right. So they must know like everything there is to know about like this kind of lifestyle. Right. Okay. Um, But it's not usually the case. I mean, I've met billionaires 
that still work 20 hours a week on managing mm-hmm. their wealth, mm-hmm. right? And it says, well, if you're not free from at that level, then you're actually, you're Worse playing off. the wrong yeah. game, <laughs> you know? Right. I've met people that lost millions of dollars um, from single a single lawsuit at a real estate investor friend of mine because he didn't have LLCs in place. Not that because the he just had insurance and people said, right. well, that's enough. But he wasn't looking at like, what are the people that are consistently building wealth over time doing? And mm-hmm. I'm just going to copy whatever they do. He was winging it. Saying, mm-hmm. ah, I'm just going to do this insurance thing. I was like, well, no, like wealthy people, they use LLCs and they use trusts and they mm-hmm. use proper estate planning. They, they do all these things. And so now I get to come on shows like this and advocate for like, why should we just all do the right things? Yeah, like, for just sure. do that. We'll all you, be better you off. could be saving people a fortune. So not bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. So now can you share a little bit about your journey from being a litigator for major insurance companies to becoming a real estate attorney and asset protection strategist? Yeah. I mean, I was practicing as an attorney uh, in a firm and um, then I would just moonlight and with building up my real estate portfolio. Um, but, you know, like practicing as a, like a litigator, just like most of us feel right with our jobs, they're like, God, it, it like the word is people, even people that really love their jobs. If you're like, well, would you do it if they weren't paying you? Right. And still the answer is no. So then to me, that was always like a really good sign that, you know, I needed to continue to work on like a life that I would actually say, like, I'm actually having everything I want to have in life. And what is it actually like? Not that necessarily I'll get there in the short term, but holy smokes, is it different once you're working towards a life that you actually want? You actually know what the life it is that you want. Um, So that's that's why I continue to invest in real estate. Because why? Because people told me the life that I want will be on the other side of financial freedom. And what I found is actually like, that's actually just the very first step. The first step is being able to say, I can provide for myself the necessities of food, water, and shelter for myself and my family. But that is a far, far cry away from what is the best possible life that we can be living. Mm -hmm. And and we're so far away from it, we don't actually even know in, in the grand scheme of things. But that's what I've been really exploring the last 10 years of my life. Wow, that's good though. Now, someone with a varied investment portfolio, what sparked your interest in real real estate and how do you get started in that field? Yeah, the easiest, well, real estate's great because it's boring and it's predictable, (laughs) right? I like boring and predictable with my money. There's other things like mountain climbing and rock climbing that are fun and they're exciting, but my money should always be boring, right? Because I want it to just be predictable and to make sure that it's providing me the food, the water, and the shelter I need for me and my family so that we can do this other thing called living, (laughs) right? Um, And so that's why I like real estate. I really like now my life is almost all geared towards investing in syndication investments because it lets me piggyback with other investors, negotiate better deal terms. But more importantly is that that there's a shift. It, once you own the assets yourself and you're managing them, you're actually a business owner running right. into all the problems and the attention and detail and worries of a business owner. Right. When, when you're investing in syndications, you have to learn a system and a process. But by learning that system and a process, you can do very well um, if you, but you need sophistication. So you really need to buckle down and learn. Mm-hmm. Um, but you also get more time freedom. 
uh, back from having done it. So there's trade-offs there. You can always get more money if you're willing to run a business. The question is, is what's the point? Is the point to want to run a business called doing that thing in real estate? And if so, why did you pick real estate as a business? Or is it an investment? An investment should be boring and passive and Mm -hmm. things you don't have to think about. Right. Makes sense. Now, can you talk about the inception of Royal Legal Solutions? Like what gap did you see in the market that your firm, you know, that you aim to fill? I built it for myself. <laughs> as I, I, what I needed is I needed a team of um, other attorneys, CPAs, um, CFOs helped me with some of like the financial analysis and planning okay. um, and deal pipelines for syndication investments and other investments. Um, so that way I could go play more right. and I do it in a way that I didn't have to think about as much, which is really hard to do. It's yeah. like to build the team and have to learn all of those disciplines to know who are the right people to hire and how it should all be working together. Right. Um, and so then Royal Legal Solutions now mm-hmm. over the last 10 years, I think we've helped about 2000 clients in all 50 States oh, nice. is, is there just as an extension of that, of saying like, you know, for people to come into that want that way of being able to put best practices right. and their legal and their tax and their investing um, uh, in a one-stop shop. So right. it's just piggybacking off the things that I built for myself to have the, a life that's more stable and um, less worries because you just know everything is done right and then right. I'll plug them together. Nice. That's it. Not perfect. Now, as a licensed attorney advising over 2,000 investors nationwide, how do you keep up with the diverse needs and context of your clients? No, the trick is, is actually just to focus on just a small segment of what okay. kind of people you help. Then you can really actually, you don't have to do nearly as much because everybody underneath that's everybody who's a real estate investor or just an investor type. Well, this is a very narrow band of, the, right. of all of the legal issues and tax issues that could apply to right. any potential people. So that's why we focus on that one area because right. it makes our life easy and mm-hmm. it lets us do a really good job if right. you're the right kind of person. <laughs> so that's why we do a quali- big qualification in the very front end is to make sure like, are you the right kind of person we should be helping? Because right. if we're not, we're not going to help you very as much as we think that you probably should be. Right. And you're probably going to cause us all kinds of problems because yeah. we're going to have to like go <laughs> figure out a bunch of new stuff right. and we don't really want to. We want to be really good for the people that are right. No, that makes sense. Good. Now you're you're currently protecting more you're protecting more than 1.2 billion in assets for your clients. Now, can you give us some insight into the key strategies or principles you use for the asset protection? Yeah. So the easiest things to do is using like a two company structure. You have okay. one company that you run any of your business through. So if you're a real estate agent or you have some other type of side hustle you're doing. Just make sure that's run through a separate LLC that doesn't own anything. It does everything, but it doesn't own anything. Right. Also, if you're renting your own properties, um, which a lot of our clients do, our typical client owns somewhere between you know two to six uh, properties right. on average, um, that that becomes like your leasing company. They're like your leases are actually signed by that right. LLC. Right. You don't. You should never be doing anything, and you, Patricia, shouldn't own anything. Like your operating company should be doing everything that needs to be done. And then you need a completely separate asset holding company. And I like to use either LLCs or series LLC in combination with trusts. 
um, because it allows me to anonymize my ownership of the assets, anonymize my ownership of the companies, um, lets me compartmentalize every asset I have. So if there's a lawsuit against one asset, they can't go after any of the other ones. Yeah. If they try to sue me, they can't go after any of my assets at all. Um, and in this way, I can make sure that even in the the worst case scenario of life, it says, well, somebody thinks they want to sue me. Well, it looks like, well, actually, it looks like Patricia, you know, or Scott doesn't own anything. Right. So should we sue him? And say, well, probably not, because he doesn't look like he owns anything. So, well, well let's sue him anyway. So, well, we sued. It's like, well, we sued Patricia. What can we get at Patricia? It's like, well, actually, it turns out Patricia doesn't own anything. Actually, everything <laughs> that she owns is actually located in this other company. As well, actually, the accident actually hurt, like happened on the property itself. So maybe we can just go ahead and sue the property directly. And if they do that, then the most they can recover is that one property. They can't go wow. after any of the other properties there, right? So what it does is it just creates these layers um, that dissuades lawsuits from ever happening in the first place. And then if they do, um, your downside is minimal, right? Yeah. And remember, the whole point is to be able to bulletproof yourself in asset protection because this is how you keep life stable and going well. You don't have opportunities like people that have like my friend who lost over $3 million from a single lawsuit because he was like, well, I'll just hope that I'll, I'll use insurance. And I think my insurance is enough until I found out there's limitations to what insurance will actually cover. See, that's like super key because I mean, knowing someone who has the experience, like it's not something that an average person would know. And, you know, if you spoke to like an insurance company or, you know, an accountant who helps you with your LLC, whatever the case they're not going to guide you like that. You know, they probably don't know. So having someone who kind of studied this, you know, been around the block a few times, you know what the, the deal is, you've seen it happen and you can guide them. This is actually super important. I'm sure a lot of people would find this beneficial. Yeah, like I like to think that I'm the person that people can look to to say, oh, this is the guy who's built financial, like really durable financial freedom yeah. how to and how to like run with teams to be able to make it work right to actually have this kind of lifestyle that we want. Um, so I hope for people to be that person that people can say like, oh, he's walked it, right. you know, and he knows yeah. how it's supposed to work because he's actually lived it. Yeah. It's not just a matter of helping them, you know, build that foundation and, and have the business, but it's showing them how to protect it as well, which is, you know, really important. And how to pass it to their kids in the right way. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. like what happens you know, if something happens to you, like, do you have the proper estate planning in place, yeah. you know, for all the assets to pass? And, you know, do you, does everybody know where all the bank accounts are and what the logins are and all of like these like little things that can say they don't actually take much time. It's like yeah. six weeks yeah. to be able to get everything like done. And then like twice, twice a year you meet to be able to, to cover it's off on issues. Commitment. Yeah. It's like so easy <laughs> just to make sure you don't have to worry about any of this stuff anymore. Wow. Very cool. Now, as a real estate investor yourself, what's the most important piece of advice you'd give to someone who's new to real estate investing? Well, the question I would always ask is like, are you sure you want to be doing real estate? You know, like right. what's the point? And really get clear on like, what's the point? Because real estate could be the perfect thing. You can make money in real estate a thousand different ways. Right. But that's where I'd really like question is like, are you how do you know that this is like the right opportunity um, for you? And then the next thing I would say is, um, do you know how to run a business? Right. Because if you know actually how to run a business, then probably wholesaling assets is a great place to start because it allows you to be able to generate active income as like an active business owner. 
Right. Um, it's a pretty simple business to run. And then, you know, to be able to acquire assets in the same time. And then the third piece of advice I would give them is get try to get into as big of assets as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Like try to like bite off, you know, more than you can chew and then chew it. <laughs> like, you know, don't just, you know, try to go like big, like what are the right. biggest assets that I can possibly try to get up? Because the bigger assets that you, the bigger assets you get into, the more risk there is, but the more it is that you learn okay. and the more that you learn, the more you're going to get paid. Right. And that works in real estate as it works in anything. Very good advice. Now, can you share some practical tips on tax deduction, shelters, and um, depre- depreciation analysis for real estate investors? Yeah. So this is where it also matters is what assets you get into. I really like my syndication deals that offer me a bonus depreciation. Um, so <clears throat> I'm looking at deals right now that are 160, 180% bonus depreciation. They're self-storage units. So let's say I invest like $100,000 into them and they have a, a 9% pref and they'll have like a 20-ish percent IRR with a five-year exit. So I know that like overall, my performance on the deal is somewhere between like 9% of what I'm getting paid out to, to almost 30% a year. So it's like, wow, that's a really great investment. You know, the IRR mm-hmm. is internal. I won't get that until the exit. And they kind of make that number up. So mm-hmm. how much do I really bank on it? But, but the big thing is the cash is the tax savings is the depreciation. Cause I'll get that all up front. Wow. So that hundred thousand dollars I invested will offset $180,000 in taxable income. Mm-hmm. So that means that if I can combine strategies like that, with things that are like private foundations or solo 401ks um, using, making sure like my home office deductions are in place, my auto deductions are in place and I'm sheltering money appropriately to my uh, kids and to my family by like hiring them in the business to be able to have money flow out um, through a lower tax brackets. Then these are all things that get me into single digits and sometimes low single digits. Some of our clients actually pay 0% in tax using these (laughs) strategies. That's amazing. I mean, that to me would be like way, I mean, obviously when you invest, you want to make money, but, you know, obviously when you invest, you have to make money, then you have to pay taxes, which are added, but having a way to navigate that uh, throughout it is like triple bonus. (laughs) Yeah. And the real trick is about is things like private foundations. So with private foundations, they do a couple of things that allows you that you can create your own foundation, which you can control and you can take a salary out of. But you can take money that you're making up to a third of the amount of money you make each year and place it into this foundation. You don't pay tax on it. Mm -hmm. And then that can you can grow that wealth inside of the foundation by making investments with it. Right. So now it grows in a tax free shelter. And then when you need cash out of it, you can take it out as a salary, as a director's wage. So which is much more convenient than trying to grow it like in a retirement account where it's locked up until retirement. Right. Right. the name of the game is how do we save money on tax? How do you get the money that you save in tax into the right investments? And then is there a way to be able to position those investments to really do the thing we really care about, mm-hmm. which is how do I get my passive income to be able to meet my expenses? So then I can say, great, now I'm financially free. Right. And then the only other thing after you become financially free is to say, do I have a team that is able to manage things to the right system and process for me. So that way these lingering things of like mm-hmm. have to do's are not right. on my mind anymore. Right. And it's only at that point <laughs> that you even have the opportunity to really start living at the highest level. Right. Like, like think about it. How else could you possibly think you're living at the highest level until you have the money that you need coming in and you have the mental space and lack of worry 
to be able to say, now I can actually pursue whatever the heck is that's really real at this point. Yeah. A lot of people, that's just a dream, but having somebody who can guide them and say, but it can be a reality, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I built it for myself. This is what I want to help other people get into. That's awesome. This is how you do it. That's awesome. Now, let's see. How do you approach investment portfolio analysis and what are the key factors you look at? Well, the first thing I'm always wondering about is like, what is, you know, what's the overall makeup of my portfolio? Mm -hmm. So there's a section of my portfolio, which is like 5%. That's all just wild card stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Those are like the parts of my life where I like to gamble. (laughs) I want how this thing will do or that thing will do or whatever. There's like a piece of me that wants a little bit of the action, you know, but it's a very, very small piece of the portfolio. And sometimes they win and sometimes they lose. And it's just kind of, I like allow myself to have a little bit of fun, you know, right. it's like it's all boring all the time, you know, yeah. that's really, that's really what I spice do. it up a little bit, yeah, like a little bit of spice, you know, but not enough that it matters one way or the right. other, like really. And then everything else after that, what I'm looking for is um, what's this going to do for me for my cash flow? What's it going to do for me for my net worth? Mm-hmm. What's it going to do for me for my total tax liability? And then what's my risk? And then so I'm looking for what are like really unrisky boring things with strong operators that are going to give me um strong cash flow and net worth and um and and help me with my taxes now at this point in my life i'm much more interested in net worth plays Mm -hmm. because net worth is what you increase after you've hit your cash flow goals Mm -hmm. cash flow is where you remember you get financially free the point of investing and doing business is to live a better life right it's not to have more money it's to live a better life right to do that, we need to reduce our expenses, save on taxes, and then increase our cash flows. And so we say, great, how can I get there first? Mm-hmm. And then what you do is then you increase your net worth because your net worth is actually how you say, I can actually now get a lower percentage return on my money to make sure my cash flow is protected, right. which means I can then take investments that are less risky. So it's each step of the game, I'm getting free and then I'm deleveraging all of this risk in life. So I can always make sure as best as I possibly can that I get free and I stay free because the name of the game is once you get out, you try to make sure you never go back in. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) These are all very wise words. (laughs) Now, can you share an instance where your advice or strategies led to significant savings or benefits for a client? Yeah. And we had a client, Jeff, that just came through and, um, you know, he's a credit investor, uh, makes like 350 K a year. And he was just telling me the other day that like his business partner makes over 700 K a year. And that, um, <laughs> Jeff was telling him that he's not, and then that, that he wasn't using, he wasn't using the private foundations. He wasn't using these other things. So we got Jeff um, we repositioned parts of his portfolio into some syndications that had bonus depreciation in them and used the private foundation um, and got him from like a 30% tax bracket down into like nine, wow. you know? So <laughs> I mean, over that, that's like 50, 60, 60, 50, $65,000 more <laughs> in there over just in one year. Um, so it's tax savings is really the, the biggest mover. In fact, tax mm-hmm. savings, we're so good at tax that people pay for all of the asset protection, <laughs> estate planning and everything right. just with the amount of money we save them on taxes. Wow. Um, even when people that like come through, part of our discovery process is actually looking at some of their, their key financials from their prior to year's tax returns and then layering in 
here's our bread and butter tax strategies that we yeah. tend to use like over and over and over again. And we break it down in Excel to be like, look, you know, this is 80% of what we can do. And with that, you can see that we're already saving, we can already save you this much amount of money in taxes compared to what you did like last year. So it doesn't make sense to pay us because we're not cheap. Right. right. Um, but we pay for ourselves. So like, that's the, and I think that's the way professional services should be. Like you want yeah. people getting paid because it keeps them in business and keeps them motivated to have really right. good people. Right. Um, but they should make you money. Right. Yeah. Which is why you pay for them. Yeah. It's one thing. It's funny in life. I always say how nobody wants to pay for anything, but in life you get what you pay for. So, you know, you want to be the cheapy way and do stuff. Well then don't, don't expect miracles out of it, but you want to get good quality advice it's going to cause. I mean, everybody has to make a living. That's just the way it is. So <laughs> yeah. And you should do the really cheap things if you're not making any money, but if you're making over a quarter million dollars a year as like a married couple yeah, and no you're excuse. not using advanced <laughs> tax strategy, right. then you're just actually, you're just net losing money, right? Yeah. Because you don't, you likely don't have the right team. There's also a saying in business that says like, what got you here won't get you there. Yeah. Right. And most people, <laughs> they do the thing they've always done. And they're like, well, why can't I get to the next level? Well, it's because you're doing what got you there and yeah. going to get you there. It's you just know? like another investment. You know, you invest in the help and you'll get good quality help. Yeah. And you need it like once you actually start making money and once you yeah. start having assets in the beginning, don't spend the money, figure it out. You need to learn. And yeah. Otherwise, yeah. you won't even know. You know? <laughs> yeah. You just need to learn stuff. Go yeah. learn. <laughs> Okay. Now as the host of the Real Estate Nerds podcast, what are some, what are some of the most interesting insights or lessons you've gleaned from your guests? Yeah. So what I really learned that Real Estate Nerds was really about trying to talk to people about their best and worst deals and what they did or didn't do, let them there. What I actually found out is that it's to entirely predictable about <laughs> when people are going to get into a great deal or a bad deal. Mm. Entirely predictable. And it actually has nothing to do with the deal. It actually has everything to do with their mindset that they have going into the deal. And so then this raised for the question of me that like some people would say, oh, this is like the quote unquote, like spiritual side of things. And I was like, really, all I'm when I talk about spirituality, what I'm really talking about is just awareness. Are you aware of what's going on inside of your head? Are you aware of what emotions are running you inside of your like decision making? Right. Mm -hmm. How are you aware of that? Because most people seemingly are not. Mm -hmm. And because they're not then they're just making decisions. And what I found in my, that podcast was that if people were aware, they would be more likely to make good decisions and they, <laughs> and they wouldn't make bad decisions right. because it, almost always the bad decisions had to do with them being like overly optimistic or like being like in this hurried kind of mindset right. um, or like all of these, like these like little things that were very predictable about like, well, of course that's going to go into a bad decision, but it's not like they didn't know yeah. and reflection looking back, they're like, Oh, well, this is what was going on with me. And I was like, well, Holy smokes. Mm -hmm. All we really have to do to make sure we're going to make good decisions in the future mm -hmm. is just cultivate the skill and the tool of called becoming present and being aware. Right. That's it. And Sometimes like, you need that outside person to like see it. Cause if you're going through the motion that you could be stressed for money or stressed for time, or you want to whatever, um, like you say, you're going through the motion, you're not thinking straight, but having an outside person say, are you aware that you keep making the same decision? Let's talk about why and how we could fix that. You know, cause you don't you see don't, it yourself. You don't need an outside person though. You're able to do it. <laughs> this is, but this is why you, this is why people are like, why, why would I meditate? 
why would, why would a meditation be like a good idea or whatever? It's like, cause it's just a time that you stop, you stop and you sit and you get still. And when you stop and you sit and you get still, then you can reflect and you can become aware and doesn't take a ton of time, <laughs> right? But it'll save you from bad decisions. And you'll then also get great ideas, yeah. right? And then your stress levels will also be lower, which also means you're happier and enjoying life more. So it's a hundred percent benefit for almost zero cost. Yeah. I'm not even saying like, hey, you should even go to the gym or do a push-up. <laughs> I'm literally just saying stop and sit down <laughs> and don't look at your phone. Just, right. You know, that's it. And all but, of these great things are gonna happen. But people they, are like, well, I don't know. But they do say you know, step away from something. So like if I'm bombarded with so many things, so many things, they do say just walk away, walk, go for a walk, 15 minutes. And come back and you're refreshed. Now you could think straight because you're just you. I know it. I get caught up in that. It's it's not a good cycle. Going for a walk <laughs> is, an, is another way, right? Yeah. But this is the deal, right? But like, look at like what happened. You were caught up in the vortex of your mind, right? right? The mind was starting to run you. Then you became aware. My mind is running me. And then you went to go do something about it. Like, okay, I have a tool. I could sit, meditate. I could go for a walk. I could journal. I could go to the gym. Like, here's all the things that I could do in that moment. To right. me, that is a super spiritual thing. That's super spiritual. Mm-hmm. It's becoming aware of reality, making a different choice. And then I'm going to reapproach reality with what it is, right? Mm-hmm. What I found within inside of that podcast is that upon reflection, a lot of these guys and girls didn't even weren't even aware until I talked them through it mm-hmm. about like, that's actually what was going on with me. They still had never <laughs> learned how to do it. Right. Even after it cost them hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars, and they didn't wake up to like, Oh, that's what was really going on. Mm-hmm. So I offer that to everybody here. It's like on those <laughs> episodes of that podcast or just from, from your experience that you share with Patricia is that it is crazily powerful. People aren't doing it. And it's the single biggest thing you can do that gives you a massive multiplier to how effective you are in life and your business and your investing. That's awesome advice. (laughs) So now tell us, what are some of the most common mistakes that real estate investors make? Yeah, I think like really the the biggest thing is that they start trying to, um, they start acquiring assets. And then what they don't do is start implementing best practices, right? So what we see a lot of the times is that people are have acquired one, two, um, few assets, and they never think to um, protect the assets. They put the LLCs and trusts in place, um, put in proper estate planning to make sure they're all passed the errors correctly, do the proper tax strategy that's there, and just build it like best practices. They think being a good real estate investor means um, how many assets did I acquire instead of how much, how good am I running this as like a business and that Mm -hmm. these are the pillars of the business that need to work and owning assets. It's just one of the pillars that needs to happen. It's a necessary function of the business, but it's not the business because ultimately the business serves us to be able to say it kicks off money in a dependable way that allows me to go live. Right. Right. And so it's, that's really the biggest piece is that they just, um, need a little bit of education about right. like that it's real estate investing is about much more than just owning real estate. Yeah. Cause so many people I know, they just think buy low, sell high and I'll be rich. That's just the way it is. But like you said, there's a lot more involved than just that, you know, and protecting your assets is 
you know, super, super important. Well, it's like downside risks, right? You can buy high, you can buy high and sell low. You can buy low and sell high. You can buy and acquire a bunch and then get sued and lose everything. Yeah. Or, you know, like there's just a lot of things that can go wrong along the way. So yeah. you can't eliminate every risk in life, but the more that you can risk, the happier typically things are. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so you kind of answered this a little bit, but what are mo- some of the most important things to consider when investing in real estate? Yeah. I mean, really it's about, you know, what is the lifestyle that you really want? You know, if you mm-hmm. want to be operating an active business, then buy a bunch of single family homes and run Airbnbs, right? Mm-hmm. And figure out how to do that. It's an active mm-hmm. business. It's going to make good profits. You're going to be super busy managing all these tenants and like all right. the other stuff that's going on. And you could do that, right? If you want to do something that's like, well, I just really want my money to be really boring mm-hmm. and to make good money, then really learn deeply about syndication investments and how they work really spend the time to vet really good operators of putting deals together and invest inside with a group of people that you know really well. There are also seasoned investors that are putting money into the same deals and learn how to do syndications. Right. And that's, uh, but it's, 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 you should always work backwards, like work mm-hmm. backwards from like, what is it that I'm really trying to get after? Like, what is the life that I'm really looking right. for? None of these lives are bad. Everybody can just choose whatever they want to, mm-hmm. whatever your life is. And there's a pathway to go live that life. It's right. totally false. And when people say, well, I can't have the life that I want. No, no, no. More likely it's true. You don't actually know what the life it is that you want. Mm-hmm. And so you don't know how to work backwards to be able to mm-hmm. say, well, here's the steps I need to take to go build into that life. Yeah, that's actually true. Because <laughs> some people, you know, they just see celebrities and whatnot. And they're like, I want to live like that. I want to have a million dollars in the bank. There's a lot involved in all of that. And like you said, just because you have the money, that doesn't mean you have the life that you want. You know, it's important. Now you kind of answer this a little bit too, but what are some of the best ways to protect your assets from lawsuits? Yeah, the best thing to do is to first operate all of any business activities you have or any leasing that you do through an operating company mm-hmm. because it protects your credit score. And your credit score a lot of has a lot of times has to do with your ability to get financing to acquire an asset. So I think your credit score itself is an asset, mm-hmm. which means you don't want to be doing business inside of your personal name ever. Then um, next is to be able to use a series LLC structure or multiple LLCs, depending upon what state, what type of assets you have. And then you compartmentalize every asset. So that way a lawsuit against one asset can't go against any others. And that we hide the ownership of the company and the assets behind trusts that are then further screened by relating to a law firm, where then all the information is further protected by the attorney-client privilege. And this way, you're able to ensure that if anybody ever looks to sue you, that you have all of the highest level of anonymity to stop the lawsuit before it starts. And then if anything happens with a lawsuit, no matter who they sue, you lose as little as possible. Wow. <laughs> People, I don't know if they even realize just how important that stuff is to know before instead of after. <laughs> so I guess that kind of ties into like, what are some of the best tax deductions and shelters for real estate investors? But is there anything we're missing there? Yeah, I really cannot overemphasize that if you're making over $200,000, $250,000 a year as a married couple, uh, is that you really should be using a private foundation uh, for your investing. Mm-hmm. You get to save a third of that income um, from the, at the very beginning, right? And so like if you're at a 30% tax bracket and you're making 300,000 a year, that's $100,000 that you could be pushing into that uh, private foundation, mm-hmm. wow. which means that automatically off the top, you saved $30,000 in taxes because mm-hmm. that money just isn't taxed. Right. And then you can grow that money in the private foundation and not pay tax on any of the growth as it grows over time. But if you need cash flow or want mm-hmm. cash flow from it, you can always take a director's wage, which is quote unquote reasonable, 
whatever mm -hmm. that means. Those things aren't <laughs> challenged, right? So it's a right. pretty broad scope of like what you can take the money out of. But most people, they will just take the money, save all of this money on tax mm -hmm. and put it into the foundation and then just grow it over time. And then says, well, great. Well, now that's making enough cash flow and enough money inside right. of my foundation that I'm just going to live off of my director's wages. Uh -oh. Right. So There's <laughs> really cool ways of saving on tax that accelerates your time frame from, you know, 10, 15, 20 years to down to, you know, five to seven, uh, sometimes even like as early as three, when we reposition our portfolio and right. work on a tax savings, it's not uncommon for us to take people from like 12 years to 15 years to financial freedom down to like two to five, wow. depending upon what's going on, because that's just so different. It's radically different of wow. uh, what's possible than what people are doing. <laughs> It's amazing. And that's where knowing people like you come into play because normal people wouldn't just know this. It's not given in any courses. People don't normally talk about this. So no, um, amazing. because it takes, you have to know how all of the pieces of the puzzle work. Right. right. And that's why, um, that's why I think I'm kind of unique, right? Absolutely. It's like, yeah. I'm only, I'm, I, if I could find somebody else who's doing it better, I would study them. So if <laughs> anybody knows anybody that knows more than I do about this, please let me know. No, so far. Nope. <laughs> Yeah. Nice. Now, what are some of the best strategies for building a successful real estate portfolio? Yeah. I mean, really, it depends on what you can get into. The most important thing to do is to just start. And then you want to start and you want to start with if you can get into like buying single family homes and you can mm -hmm. get into the right home there, then great. Get okay. start. Right. Get into that. You know, start learning because you actually need to do stuff to learn. Mm -hmm. Right? right. And that's where you're going to get your best education. It's not just about the dollars in the sense at the beginning. It's about doing all the learning that's needed. Mm -hmm. uh, so I would say like that's, you know, once you know, like, what's the lifestyle you want and you say, well, then it's this type of asset right. and then just start doing it, but do it at a small level mm -hmm. um, to be able to go through, you know, the first year, maybe mm -hmm. even two years. <laughs> in the meantime, just stockpile your cash. And then, then you'll learn enough to know like, hey, is this what I really want, right? Yeah. And is this, what, what are the risks that are really here? Um, but I'm also a big fan of saying like, get involved with the biggest assets you possibly can mm -hmm. because the bigger the assets that are, like the more you need to learn, right? Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of times you don't have to buy those assets all on your own. I mean, uh -huh. you can learn a lot just by being like a small JV partner right. of a much bigger pool of JV partners and have that be all the learning you need yeah. um about apartments or, or commercial buildings or whatever the case may be yeah i mean that that is important because a lot of people might have the dream but don't have the finances originally but yeah and now you're involved in you're learning like you said you're involved in a group you can learn from them see what's going on and like you said hopefully you know your investment works out and you can progress from there but at least people know that i don't have to have a million dollars to start i can be a small portion of this big picture and you know take it from there yeah, even like $50,000 is enough to be involved in a very serious, very professional syndication deal yeah. that will they'll talk to you and talk, explain mm -hmm. to you about how all the underwriting happens and about everything about that asset to like right. the degree that will make your mind melt. <laughs> wow. Now, what are some of the most important things to look for when hiring a real estate attorney? Yeah, so I always want to hire professionals that are actually already have whatever it is that I want. Right. Right. What, what, regardless of who they are in life, you know? Okay. Um, so for, I think, of course, for anybody who's, so I'll, I'll take, for example, like my, um, syndications attorney that I use that, um, my syndications attorney, like puts together syndications, like he'll find his own apartment right. complexes or whatnot, and he'll like put them together. 
because then the person is actually doing the same business I'm doing and like how so happen to be a professional. Right. And that's what I'm really looking for, for like any top professionals that I've come across in my life is if they make money the same way I make money right. and they also happen to have the professional designation, I, that's almost all I need to know. Yeah. And be able to say, great, that you're the right fit uh, sure. for me because you'll actually know where the rubber meets the road and how this all really works. Right. Nice. Now, I guess what are some of the best resources for real estate investors? Yeah, I would go to, um, I would attend uh, as many like summits that I could go to, right? Um, because the summits are usually going to be from people that are established uh, and are going to have whatever information is going to be current. And then inside of the summits, then what I would do is I would start asking people inside of the summits, like the speakers and the other guests inside of the summits, like what are they studying and reading now that they're finding influential right. and then find common threads. Because information is also market dependent, right? So finding out what you need to be reading um, is uh, important um, mm -hmm. to find like what's current and, and what's going to be out there. Um, otherwise, you know, find the people that you find really credible and the smartest people you can find and read everything <laughs> that they put out. Right. Yeah. Ah, that's actually good advice. <laughs> I guess what advice would you give to someone who's just starting out in real estate investing? Just get going. Just start. Put, you know put money into something enough money that you're going to like care about right. and like actually like get into something, you know, and because you need, it's not, most people get stuck in paralysis analysis of like <laughs> always just studying. Like I'll read more book. I'll go to one more summit. I'll go to one more seminar. Um, but you actually like need to be in a project from start to finish mm -hmm. and get into one and you'll learn more going through something than start to finish. And even if you lose money, it'll be less money than you would have lost spending it on more courses. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> now, I guess, what are your thoughts on the future of real estate investing? Uh, real estate's always going to be great. There's always <laughs> a good deal in real estate investing, right. right? There's always a good deal in real estate investing. There's always a good deal in real estate. <laughs> How do you really not, feel? Tell us. Because no. <laughs> it's not... Um, it's not like what the market is that you read on like CNN, right. you know, yeah. there's always a market that's available, that's coming available and it's always shifting over time. Right. So the, and it's always interesting, you know? So this is why I'm saying it's like, you need to get in, like find the smartest people that you can find that are actually putting together deals right. and, uh, and then just kind of surf their wake mm -hmm. of whatever they're doing. And that right. makes life really easy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> You don't have to reinvent the wheel. <laughs> Is yeah. there anything else you want to talk about? What you're working on or anything new coming up? Um, but I would just say, you know, um the the bigger pieces that we have that are coming up right now, um, by the time like this podcast airs, will probably be um, up and running in full steam. Is uh, two parts. Is um, one is that we'll have our own investment uh, division nice. of RLS, which will be like for syndications for accredited investors to be able yeah, to come nice. into. So we'll be in that space of being able to handle like the tax, the legal, um, and the investing of portions live. And uh, I'm starting to host um, live summits for people that are looking to. Um, solve this other problem about like, how do I, not only how do I get like the mechanics of wealth and actually the right deals in place, but how, how do I do this like other thing about being more effective about being able to create the life that I want or, and, and repositioning things? Cause those almost always are all really personal, right. right? Like almost all the problems in our lives that aren't actually the world are actually us. And right. so it's like, then we have to get us to shift 
but how do you actually do that? And without going to like some place where they're going to make you drink like ayahuasca and, you know, <laughs> yeah. like and sing chants in a circle, you know, yeah. uh, like, jack of all oh, trees, you know, <laughs> uh, you know like, so that's, um, that's my, that's my mission. I think that's what like I'm being called to do like in life is to be able nice. to help, help other people to be able to, um, share a little bit about the wisdom about the big question that I had growing up, which was the big question I had growing up was like, what is the best possible life? And what does that mean? And how do I do it? And entrepreneurialism, investing, going to law school, all the other stuff that I've done, like in between on the personal growth space for like 20 plus years now, like now that I'm 38, uh, it's all geared like towards that. And then now I'm just in a place where I can um, share that with other people about like, okay, this is the efficient and effective way. And it's actually so much easier than uh, everybody's making it out to be. It's so cool. I know so many people, um, you know, they struggle through the whole life, but when you have somebody who's done it all, you finally, it's like you broke the code and you know what works and you want to share that with other people. That's like amazing. Cause like I said, everybody nowadays is like holding everything. It's like, what's in it for me. And, you know, you want to give back, which I think is great. And you've obviously, um, you know, mastered this. So I think that's awesome. And doing all of that. I mean, you're, you're not just bringing one thing to the table, you're bringing it all. And I think that's totally amazing. It's a yeah. good job. <laughs> Thanks for sharing. I, mean, I was raised in a in a family. My father passed away when I was three, and my mother was a school teacher, and she was still raising two kids at home. Wow. And um, you know, we were raised in like the suburbs of Houston there, and so, they were you know the struggle. I mean, like that, and and really dogmatic, like religion, like at home, and yeah. it was very like put inside of the box of thing. So like life for me was a struggle, like financially, it was a struggle. And like, who, who was I in the world? What was really right. real versus like, what was the stuff people were always telling me and, and trying to find like that place. And so mm-hmm. it's um, it, for anybody who's out there that's lived strong experiences in life like that, and then being able to get to the other side, they'll all understand that once you are able to have a gift that's like this, mm-hmm. the greatest gift you can give is, is, and get is being able to share about that because alleviating the suffering Mm -hmm. that we go through is the biggest thing. It's the biggest thing. It's more rewarding than making people money by a hundred fold. Wow. And you're young too. to get all this done such an early age. I mean, some people are, you know, ready to retire and they're finally like, I think I got it. (laughs) So that's awesome. That's so kind of you to say. I feel like I'm as like being 38 and like listening to what all the young kids are saying these days. I'm like, I don't know any of those words. And so it's finally happened to me. <laughs> I know. Half the time I'm like, thank God for Google. I'm like, what is this? What? <laughs> I was like, oh no, I turned into be old. You know? Yeah, I heard that this weekend too. You're old. I'm like, not that old, but okay, whatever. <laughs> get off my lawn. Yeah, yeah get it exactly. <laughs> Uh, well this is cool. a pleasant conversation so tell people how can they get a hold of you uh yes so the best thing to do is to go to royal legal solutions okay. uh, com on the homepage, and um, on there we have videos and testimonials if you want to meet some of the people that show up to our weekly group coaching they're they're on that page um, as well as many others mm-hmm. and um and then just start the education process because everything that we do starts with coming to royallegalsolutions.com and connecting with the team, getting inside of all of our resources, and um, just starting to become educated on where you're at on the journey. You might not know exactly where you're at or what you right. need. Um, and we have courses and videos and articles and all kinds of stuff that we can point you to directly once you start to connect with the team about that. Wonderful. 
Well, thank you again for being on the show. Again, that was attorney Scott Royal Smith, CEO of Royal Legal Solutions, who's an author, speaker, and host of the Real Estate Nerds podcast. So thanks again for listening to, uh, listening to Successful Minds with Patty B. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the show here. So thank you. Thank you for listening to Successful Minds with your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.